there was this guy, Tony there, and he starts praying about something. And he starts praying that God would stop false teachers like Joel Osteen. He's like naming people. <laughs> and I thought, wow, who is this guy? Here we go. Press them on your children. Hello, and welcome to the Theological Family Ministry Podcast, a podcast for parents as well as children and youth ministry leaders. We are dedicated to showing how theological study and biblical application relate to the discipleship of children and youth. As always, we're hosted by Pastor Ben Palaz and Pastor Tony Trussoni. All right, Tony, well, we're back at it, man. Got a little break in, and uh, it's time to go. So, how have you been, like, maybe before the last couple of minutes? It's been a pretty hectic, crazy day. So, but, uh, you know, uh, our, our youngest uh, got a little injury, but she's A-OK. So, but other than that, it's been a pretty good day. How about you? Yeah, yeah, pretty good. Um, I So, last week, I was speaking in the chapel for our school, and it was the first time I'd done that in quite a while, and my daughter had told one of her friends that I was going to be there. So I was, you know, was glad that it seemed like she was glad I was coming. And her friend, uh, later after I did it, she was like, was that your dad or your grandpa? <laughs> and I'm like, wow. And so anyway, today I was there again and I went back after the thing was over and went over to the, to my daughter and the girl is next to her and she goes, I'm going to confess. I, I was the one that thought that you were Grace's grandpa. Uh, so that's funny. anyway, I gave her a little bit of a hard time, but, um, yeah, so that was fun, but doing pretty well. Well, Tony, were you ever part of a sports team that prayed the Lord's prayer maybe before or after a game or maybe even in, you know, in the middle of it, if things were going poorly? We did it one time. Uh, with our coach on our, our Christian football team. And I think he just felt the need to do it. And it was awkward. And uh, But yeah, how about you? Did you ever have the Lord's Prayer? I think that we might have. Uh, I do distinctly remember one time after I didn't play football. And I went to some of the football games. So and I had a lot of friends that played. And I remember after one of the games, you know, everybody's out there gathered up on the field. And the coach did his his speech and then like let everyone in the Lord's prayer. And so, you know, when you do it in King James, it sounds extra reverent and holy and earnest. Um, and so I, I am pretty sure we did it that way. I don't remember on a team I actually played on, but you know, in those cases, as long as people know it, and that's one of those things that a lot of people know, whether they're really spiritual or not, um, they tend to know the Lord's prayer at least somewhat and they can seem fairly comfortable participating in it as a group. At least that's been my experience. I mean, would you agree? Yeah, I would agree. It's actually funny because I think that's that passage, you know, when I think of it, I think of the King James Version, but I actually didn't even own a King James Version of the Bible uh, until I was w- well into my 30s. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's, well, I, I grew up with King Jimmy, um, though I did. I was baptizing somebody one time and I I don't know where I just flashed back to childhood. And I said, you know, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Ghost. And later my kids were like, what are you talking about? The Holy Ghost. But anyway, uh, yeah, when there's this group participation, people seem comfortable. But I think if you were to ask an individual on the football team, say, or, or some other group to just pray before the group spontaneously, 
there wouldn't be as many willing participants. At least I don't think. Would you? I, I would agree. Yes, I think I would agree with you on that. So. Yeah, I mean, the dynamics change because before you've got uh, this group voiced thing, we're, we're doing it, it's memorized as well, and then you change it to this is solo, you're in front of everyone, and you're coming up with it extemporaneously. And so um, today, actually, I was, you know, I told you I was in chapel. So uh, at the beginning, one of the, the teacher who was kind of in charge wanted me to start things off and said, maybe you can ask one of them to come up and pray. And I remember thinking, uh, I don't know if anybody's going to do it. And there was, but you know, the more outgoing, uh, extroverted people, they volunteer. And so there was this kid who, um, he's probably third or fourth grade. I don't really know him. He raised his hand and he came up there and he, he prayed for stuff that was going on. His mom was going this place and he's going this place. Uh, and he's like, okay, well, uh, that's it. Amen. And then once he says, amen, then he does like a bow and, <laughs> uh, I didn't quite know what to do with that. I just sort of moved on, but you know, that's, um, that's what we want to get in today about publicly praying and, and uh, why there is the fear of public prayer. Uh, should we force kids and student, students or teens, whatever we want to call them, to pray publicly? Are there things they can help? Yeah. Um, so, Tony, I mean, you know, I grew up in, in, a, in settings where that may have been the case, where there was public prayer and stuff more often at a younger age than you did. But so you may actually remember the first time that you prayed out loud in a group, do you? I think I do, yes. So So how'd that go? Yeah, so it, it's interesting because the I I think I probably was like a lot uh not like every teen in this kind of sense. So I was actually not saved uh the first time I prayed aloud in that group. <laughs> I mean I went to a Christian high school and was saved when I was there. Uh and uh actually I, I think it was I, I was in choir freshman year of high school because uh, I liked a girl in the choir. <laughs> and there was some call for, you know, public prayer. Uh, and uh, I, I volunteered, you know, and did my dramatic prayer, you know, uh, trying to play this kind of character of a Christian uh, for less than far far less than godly reasons uh let's just say in context of our other podcast i thank the lord that he was at work but uh the i I think i was exactly like the pharisees in my public prayers uh but i think part of it and i was never shy in that kind of way you know i'm a little introverted more than i appear actually if you got to know me uh but uh you know i was not shy about it at that time how about you how the first time you prayed in public go See, I really don't remember. I mean, just because I grew up in the church. I mean, I remember um, a little bit of when before we went to church because I was, I was in kindergarten when we first started going with any you know consistency. So I don't really remember, but I do remember the first time I heard you pray publicly, and we were. Uh, I don't even know what the actual event was, but we were at something in Williams Chapel. Which didn't they tear that down? Yeah, I believe so. I think it had like mold issues and stuff like that. I was a pretty old building. So we were in this little chapel thing on a Saturday morning and we ended up in in small groups to pray. And there was this guy, Tony there, and he starts praying about something. And he starts praying that God would stop false teachers like Joel Osteen. He's like naming people. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought, wow, who is this guy? (laughs) <laughs> so I do remember your first prayer out loud that I heard, but I, I don't remember that, but I believe it. So <laughs> uh, 
I just never heard anyone name people like that. God has sanctified me. There was more to come. (laughs) God has sanctified me from the the fire in my belly. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't think you were wrong, but so what might be some fears that would motivate people to shy away from praying out loud? Yeah. So I think there's multiple of them. Some of them, uh, some of them in some sense justifiable and other ones of them, you know, not so much. So Uh, one, that we've talked about repeatedly on this podcast is fear of man, you know, which is, you know, kind of people pleasing and really living for the opinion of others. That definitely has an impact, you know, fearing that you're not going to pray or pray awkwardly. Uh, I think there's a justifiable fear in some people. I, I actually have known people that will not do it, and they'll cite Matthew 6, 6, which is about Jesus calls people to go in prayer in the room. I don't think that's understanding the context. Uh, but, you know, nonetheless, I think there is a right desire to have some privacy and not be a Pharisee in that. So, uh, but I think another one is kind of a more neutral and it's really, they have a fear of really not knowing what to pray in public, which I think they need better teaching on. What, what other fears do you think might be involved, Ben? Uh, I think the stuff that you said, yeah, there's a lot to that. Uh, people really, really fear public speaking in our culture. I don't know if that's true in, in every culture or not, but most people don't spend a lot of time doing that. And so even though technically you're not speaking to those people, they're all hearing you talk. And so I, I think there is a lot to that. Uh, but you don't want to sound you know, dumb and unspiritual, that kind of thing. Um, some people would trip on their words, which is you know, it's related to it. Yeah. And um, I think, too, if, you're, if you don't spend much time praying privately, then – you're like, well, am I doing it right? What if I say the wrong thing? Like, what? This it's not just that I get up and make a fool in front of myself. Will God be mad? I, I just, I'm sure all things, all kinds of things, could float through people's mind. Yeah. So, do you think that believers have to pray out loud in groups? And actually, before before you answer that, um, I want to think. I, I he's not my friend, but I'm sure I'd be friends with him if I knew him. Um, but a friend of yours actually suggested this topic, and it, it got us thinking about this and so um thanks to to him so yeah actually by the way i want to say he's actually as the time of recording this uh things might change by the time this is out but uh he's actually currently my my pastor so yeah tj so it's a really real godly guy so i appreciate his lesson so yeah amen well thank you tj for uh, bringing this because it's something that it hit home with me as well so so tony though what uh do you think that uh, believers have to do this out loud in groups of people. Uh, definitely. No. <laughs> so I think some have to, I mean, I think that there's a biblical call that it would happen in congregations, uh, but not all have to. Uh, I mean, I think it's wise for eventually everybody to, uh, but you know, there is clear biblical precedent for this. I mean, you look at, I mean, the Psalms, and the Psalms are so often made into these kind of privatized things, uh, but they tended to be tended to be read and kind of sung together for the congregation. And about ten Psalms, or some could argue more, overtly are prayers. They're overtly public prayers uh, that people said together, 
really. So, and then another one, I mean, you look at Acts 242, uh, which I think is the, really the most important verse to establishing what the local church does. And we talked about this a lot in the regular principle podcast and they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching, preaching, of course, uh, and the fellowship, uh, to the breaking of bread, you know, communion and all that. Uh, and the prayers, the part that we have a tendency to kind of drop off. So I think public prayer was meant to be, out loud public prayer was meant to be part of our worship services from the very beginning. Uh, So I think it is wise for all people to do this from time to time, Uh, not necessarily every time, uh, but, you know, I don't see any biblical command that, you know, Johnny specifically has to pray in public. Right, right. Um, and I, some churches practice where like everyone, like literally everyone is encouraged to pray out loud at the same time. I've been in settings like that and not to say that that's wrong. I, I just find it a little distracting. It's kind of hard to, to focus when the person next to me is, is also doing that. But so, yeah, I would agree with you. But if you won't, if you're unwilling to pray out loud, I think you do need to ask and weigh your motives, kind of question why is it that I'm reluctant? Is it just to protect myself to you're, like I don't want people to realize I'm not as godly as I I come across, and I sound like a you know a heathen when I pray or whatever the case may be. So, what are some good reasons? I mean, you brought up some stuff kind of early on in the church and in the Psalms. What are some good reasons to to pray out loud? Like, how may it affect others? How may it affect you? Yeah, so I think there's multiple good reasons to. I think one is that, and I think this is even biblical, that it really, it lifts one another up. Uh, you know, it encourages other people uh, when we pray for one another. I mean, you know, I I think so many of the things I did publicly were out of arrogance, but, you know, perhaps it encouraged people to take false teaching seriously when I did that one time. I don't know. Uh, but I think it legitimately does. It's helpful to one another when we are, you know, praying out loud in that kind of way. It can produce, I think, a right kind of unity, a unity around our gospel principles, a unity around our reliance upon God. I think it challenges us to be more individually prayerful when we, you know, see public prayer model for us. Uh, I think it also shows the church is really uh, meant not just for the individual, the church is for the body. Uh, and, and I, you know, that I'll actually add, you know, praying out loud. I, even in private, when I do my own prayer, I almost always pray out loud. I actually, you know, uh, so I'll acknowledge it. I tend to keep my eyes wide open when I pray. Uh, I know people think it's weird, but I pray out loud with my eyes open because I find for myself I get less distracted. I've got a little ADD going on there, and I get a lot less distracted when I pray out loud and, and with eyes open. I wonder if some people, the same is true for them. Us, you know, on Tuesdays, we have this prayer room in our church, and uh, I take a time on Tuesday mornings to pray, but I don't actually go into the prayer room anymore. If it's nice weather, I'll go outside around the church and walk and pray. Um, if it's not suitable weather, then I'll go into our, our, I don't like to call it the sanctuary, but, you know, the room where we meet to worship the Lord and uh walk sometimes it's out loud but or just kind of whispering but it does help me to moving around um to to not and, and two in the winter time when it's cold the there's a boiler that is like kind of on the other side of the wall from this prayer room and so it's it's like an infernal oven um and so it's just you know you're in there sweating and you're getting warm and your eyes are closed uh, it's easy to go to sleep so 
Man, I used to walk. I need to do that more. I used to walk so much when I'd pray like that. So uh, did you ever catch me? We worked at a place called Unique Management Services together, and I'd often walk around downtown Jeffersonville on our uh, my breaks, and I'd be praying usually then. And I would also work uh, do rounds for my job, and I would pray in that. So when I worked security on Tico Falls College. Yeah, hey, another reference to TFC. Um yeah, and honestly, I mean, sometimes I probably over-spiritualized it. It was a way for me to move, which was helpful just for <laughs> yeah. my physical health. But I don't think that's wrong. Like, you know, th- there are different biblical postures of prayer. I mean, sometimes you pray on your face to humble yourself before God. But yeah. um, like you said about the eyes closed thing, um, I-, I heard a guy teaching about postures of worship stuff. And he said, you know, the bowing our heads and our, our eyes kind of thing is not necessarily biblical. We've talked about lifting our eyes to heaven. So, but if, if I were to say, let's pray and all of you, you know, looked up to the ceiling, I think, Oh boy, where's the Kool-Aid? Um, you know, just because that's not what we practice culturally. Uh, yeah. but yeah, I don't really have much to add to what you were saying about the reasons. Yeah. I mean, it encourages others and, uh, and I mean, like it or not, when we pray out loud, we are teaching and instructing others on, how to pray, uh, what kinds of things to pray for. And so, you know, I mean, you and I, we've probably over the past number of years had the occasion to pray, whether it was in front of our own family or before yeah. uh, the church or some group of the church a number of times. And, and people are listening and they're being instructed on, oh, okay, those are the, the kinds of things. And it, you can see that in Scripture. The things that Paul prays for uh, are very spiritual things. So, so kind of taking it a a step towards home here, must parents pray out loud with their families and their children? So I I would say, I cannot say must when the Bible doesn't, you know, I've (laughs) this is, we said this a lot in the podcast, but I'm just not comfortable saying must when the Bible does not say must, Uh, but I would heavily encourage it. Uh, I think it trains our kids in what to pray for and even how to pray. I mean, how they can pray themselves. I mean, that's something we need to train them in. Uh, And I think another benefit of that is, you know, when we pray out loud as a family, you really all get to take part. I mean, that's like we do family worship. We try to do it every day. We don't do it every day sometimes. Uh, But, uh, you know, there are ways that, you know, you know, younger kids have a harder time taking part in family worship in the elements. You know, if somebody can't read, it's hard for them to read the Bible out loud. But uh, we, prayer is, public prayer is a way that, you know, out loud is a way that all, every one of us can take part. And I think that's a really special part in family worship. What would you say to this, Ben? You know, you bring up a good point. The Bible doesn't say, thou shalt. Though I almost feel like I have to say yes if you're going to spiritually nurture your children, I, I just think it, it, it's difficult to see how how you would do that without praying in a way that they become aware. Okay, this is what prayer is. Um, I guess they could see it for some other sources, and you could say, "Well, we're all going to pray now quietly." But I, I just it, it is I think something that we should commend to um, to parents. And but it, and it's something that you know probably for us because we've done it enough it doesn't seem difficult, uh, but I, I mean I know of of cases where it's very difficult. Often I think more so men than women, dads more than wives or you know mothers uh, find it difficult to pray in front of their kids or in front of their wives, and so 
I, I mean, you don't want to guilt someone into something. I mean, we, we just did a thing about purity culture and guilt and stuff like that. Uh, that's not the right motivation. <clears throat> but if our motivation or, or if what is preventing us is fear, that is something that needs to be dealt with. Yeah. Um, so should we, on the flip side of this, should parents require their kids and their teenagers to pray out loud in the family? And, uh, you know, are, are there any kind of guidelines that you think that can kind of help steer us yeah. there? Yeah. By the way, while Ben is stronger than me in this, which is a rarity, by the way, <laughs> I, I don't know if any other time that's happened before, but you know, maybe he's a hundred, I'm a 99 on this. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, I can't literally not think of a single time where you're stronger on opinion on something than I am. But uh, it's true. It's true. Anyway, uh, I, I think this can run dangerously close to giving them uh, the form of godliness without actual godliness. Uh, mm. I, I think that is something you need to consider with this. And that's actually my opinion on this has, uh, has evolved in a lot of ways. I used to be kind of like, no, I mean, until they're born again, I'm not even comfortable asking them to pray until there's evidence of it, uh, which, I mean, Donald Whitney would strongly disagree with, I know, for example. Uh, and I think I'm wrong and Dr. Whitney's right, uh, which he's probably a lot wiser than I am. So I'm sure he's wiser than I am. So uh, so I now I lean towards it is good to push it hard even if I don't know, uh, even if I don't know that it is a real prayer, uh, just because I think that's just a way to teach them what prayer is. Uh, I, I think maybe some reason, uh, maybe the same reason I encourage you dressing up on Sundays during the lockdown, you know, when we were like, couldn't leave our house, like the lockdown, like, you know, was it spring 2020? We still encourage our kids to get dressed, even when we are live streaming church, which is not church, but uh, we still encourage our kids to get dressed pretty nice. And part of the reason why was is training them for when we go there. It didn't really matter, you know, <laughs> to do that then. It doesn't even always matter to do that in reality. Uh, but it was just kind of a way to prepare them for, you know, what it, what is legitimately real and that's kind of where i lay in on that so what do you think ben this is one i am conflicted on because yeah i actually i mean i had don whitney in seminary and we talked about this very thing he raised the question does god hear the prayers of those you know who are unconverted and all those kinds of debates so i'm conflicted i think this is one where i not say child thou shalt now pray but invite, offer guidance, coaching, encourage it. And it's, I mean, I'll say in my own family, um, my children have been reluctant to pray out loud. Though uh, one of my kids likes to, uh, with some frequency, pray by repeating after me. And so, you know, and I'll, hey, do you want to do that this time? And, you know, just offer that. And obviously it does change how I'm going to pray. I've got to pray and, you know, phrases and just keep it short and not like I get up there and pray for 35 minutes with my kids. Uh, I, I try in general to keep it fairly short with my kids. Yeah, I guess I'm just hesitant to require it. Yeah. So kind of taking a step away from the home back into the church, should church ministries, age-graded ministries, require kids and teens to pray out loud in groups and, you know, similar, any kind of guidelines there, you think? Yeah, I'd probably line in the similar way as I would in the home. I think you should encourage this as much as possible. Actually, I think maybe there's even more biblical warrant for encouraging this. 
uh, even I think even make it awkward and waiting for someone to do this. I, you know, there's been a lot of like pushback against like, uh, and I don't believe you know on altar calls. I'm not an altar call guy, uh, so you know I don't think you play just as I am verse until somebody gets saved. We're <laughs> singing this until someone comes forward today. <laughs> but you know what? You know, if especially if you're confident that the teens perhaps or you know kids are saved. Wait a few, I mean, let it just be silent and awkward for a little while, <laughs> uh, waiting for somebody to do it. I think it can be beneficial because I think it means you care about this more than you care about wh- how things appear. Uh, and I think, prov- but I think you need to provide intentional opportunities, which is something I was really working on in the youth ministry, a family, for example. Uh, and uh, it's, it should be noted, though, you can't make other people's kids pray. Uh, you know, maybe you can argue that you can make your own kids pray. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I, I'm definitely not comfortable. And you'll probably get some nasty emails if if uh, you make little eight-year-old Johnny uh, pray a prayer that he doesn't feel like. Uh, that's probably not a good idea. Uh, but I think instead, one of the focuses should be teach them about prayer a lot and teach them about prayer first and really make those intentional opportunities. One of the opportunities actually we would have in our church would be we would, uh, with youth ministry, we would uh, have like a time most weeks, not every week, where we would have like a designated country and pray for the Christians of that country. And so that was kind of part of the liturgy of the Wednesday night service, if you will. Uh, so, you know, that's hopefully a positive example of that. But what do you think, Ben? Um, I like what you said, yeah, especially if they're older and you have confidence that there are people there who know the Lord. It's like, okay, someone can step up. and Because it is a way of serving others. But it's not. Uh, we're not only praying to the Lord in those moments. It is a way of ministering and, and building up to those around us. Uh, but again, you can encourage, invite, teach, train. But yeah, um, especially with with young kids, and, and with you know with younger kids, you may like very young, like preschool age, they may be excited to repeat after you something. Uh, just teaching them, even if you teach them the Lord's prayer, like you were mm-hmm. talking about earlier, yeah. um, as a way of this is what prayer is. And I, I was in our, we don't call it this, but children's church kind of thing. Yeah, uh, our it's fairly young children. It's K four through second grade, and uh, this past Sunday, and I opened it up. So we're going to pray, and we're going to pray more than one time during this. Uh, and I, I do that to try to teach the kids we need to depend on God and keep taking our attention to Him. But I said, you know, what when we pray, what are we doing? Are we just saying some words and closing our eyes? Just trying to help them understand what prayer is about, um, asking them you know, if they have prayer concerns, those kinds of things. So yeah. let me ask you, do you think that memorize or prayers that are read, do you think those are unspiritual or unhelpful? Well, I mean, given the fact that I'm largely almost always citing things that I've written in advance during the <laughs> this podcast, and also given the fact that I'm basically a manuscript preacher, I, I think you can pretty much tell that I'm not against uh, writing things down ahead of time and reading And you just pray the Valley of Vision or something like that. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. So, 
I, I think certainly there's nothing wrong inherently with that. Actually, I mean, if you were to say that, I mean, I know Christians that would, which is pretty bold given that many of the Psalms pretty explicitly were, you know, <laughs> memorized or reread prayers, you know. Uh, so saying that the psalmist is in the wrong is, some, is a uh, place I don't want to go. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and, uh, I, but I think we should seek to pray it when we do write it ahead of time or memorize it. Seek to pray it sincerely. Uh, but actually, it might help uh, when you don't feel sincere. Because that's the ironic thing is, you know, when you kind of don't feel like praying, sometimes praying something you've written down, you know, been forced yourself to, or something another Christian has written down that is thoughtful and hopeful can actually help you become more sincere and help that prayer impact your own heart. So uh, I think if you, you know, if you write a prayer ahead of time for, I mean, a worship service or for, you know, a kid's service, a like you were talking about uh, and actually in a way I think it's kind of like we prayed twice you know we prayed when we write it down and we pray again when we read it together I, I don't actually do a ton of uh, memorized or, or written prayers but I, maybe some maybe I should I don't know so what do you think Ben well if you had asked me this question was in the seventh grade it would have been like absolutely those are pagan rituals or you know something i would have said in my <laughs> you know sort of early pubescent wisdom uh, foolishness but i i've come around and not that i think we should exclusively use them uh, but i have come to appreciate them and i've actually i don't own valley vision even though i mentioned i know it's like you know loved and celebrated by many but uh, anyway, I, I've heard great things. But in the past year, I actually did purchase a copy of the Book of Common Prayer. Uh, and I got the one from the Anglican Church, North America. So it's like the more conservative. Um, I have really appreciated it. And um, again, not that all my prayers come from there. But taking some someone who's godly, who's trying to reflect on Scripture and bring that out. Like you said, something you may not even feel it at the moment. And just going off what you feel, you know, that's just not always helpful. And so having some, some guide rails there. And even, I, I know, I started doing this practice probably five or six years ago. Uh, it, so like in the five, past five or six years, I have prayed the Lord's Prayer way more times than I did in the years before that. And I... I got the idea, I was reading something, and it was talking about how Martin Luther did that in his own prayer life. He would sort of just pray through the prayer, you know, just basically reciting it, yeah. and then he would go back through kind of focusing on each part. And I did that to help focus me. Um, and so, and there are other methods like that, but it's like, well, if our Lord told us this is a good way to pray, yeah. then you know, we'd be wise to listen. These are the things God cares about. Um, so, I mean, these kinds of prayers, they they don't have to be unspiritual and without heart. They can be, for sure. But you can just, I mean, you hear people, we were talking about this in my family the other night, um, and, I mean, I, my kids have heard me talk about it, and my oldest child has observed it herself and was saying how, you know, people get up there and they just start saying stuff and basically like using the names of God as fillers you know, dear Father, Lord mm -hmm. Jesus, Heavenly Father, Christ, uh, our, and I mean, they're just like, I mean, it really is the essence of vain repetitions. Yeah. And like, just stop, just, just pause or something. It's okay. Like, you, it doesn't make it more spiritual if you just throw out the names of God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it does take effort 
to stay focused in your prayers and not let your mind wander. And yeah. uh, I mean, I find often being someone who teaches and preaches God's word that I'll start praying about something and then I'll start thinking about this thing. And then I'm like, you know, tracing out my mind how I would preach it or teach it. And, yeah. and no, 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 I'm not, I'm not teaching myself right now. I'm praying to the Lord. Get back to that. That's good. So, by the way, I, I'm surprised that you're allowed to graduate from Southern Seminary without owning the Valley of Vision. Uh, <laughs> do I need to call the seminary and to ask them to revoke your degree? <laughs> we, uh, yeah, uh, a number of times I've actually gone on Amazon to price it, and it's all—it's crazy. I, I don't know I, for some reason. I, just the the prices I've found, whether new or used, I'm like ah, I just don't want to pay that much, and so I just never have gotten it. It's expensive. But, I don't know why it's always that expensive. So it's never on sale like anywhere either. So yeah, I, I couldn't get it, and um, so anyway, maybe one of these days I'll I'll buck up and fork out the cash. So Tony, last question for you: What are some helpful practices? that we might implement to, to teach kids and to teach students or teenagers to pray and to, to even pray out loud. I mean, we're kind of alluding to some things about scripted prayers, but um, anything else that you would put forward? Yeah, so I would say, you know, we've talked about family worship with this, so I would say, you know, start doing this in family worship is really important. And I think that Doing, I, I highly, highly suspect doing this in family worship is going to make our kids and you know teens uh, more comfortable at doing it in other contexts. I mean, I I would be I've actually never read a study on it, but I would be absolutely shocked. I mean, if it does not dramatically increase the likelihood that they're going to uh, pray publicly in the service, you know. So I think press for that there because it is important, you know. And I think that it should disappoint us how few young people are willing to pray publicly. You know, we shouldn't just say, oh, you know, they are, you know, uh, they're introverts. Introverts can pray publicly. They should. So actually, I, it's interesting because yeah. I, uh, at Westminster Baptist, a church I was at uh, four years ago or so, and I remember the deacons meetings uh, would have extensive times of prayer, and it would go a long time in, in that last person. If I'm honest, my sinful self would sometimes get a little tired from it, but it was that was my sinful self. And, uh, you know, and these, I thought that was such a statement on the godliness in some of these guys and their willingness to publicly pray in those kind of ways, in healthy ways. So, um, But I think, as with a lot of things, I think we need to teach fear of man and the dangers of this with this and how our fear of man, our desire to really impress other people, especially teenagers in this. Like, teenagers don't pray publicly a lot of times because it's not cool to pray publicly. Right. <laughs> you're being lame, yeah. teenager, when you're doing that. So, uh, And uh, maybe, you know, ask for uh, examples, uh, you know, uh, of ways, you know, may maybe encourage uh times where, you know, talk to your pastors and find ways that you can incorporate this into the body. I think there are just some helpful practices. Mm. Good. Uh, something that I have found very helpful over the years is to use the Bible and to, to model your praying based on what you read. So you talked about family worship. Yeah. Um, and, and just, and so like in our church, so we went from 
home to now like the, the corporate gathering. And we since, I guess for about a year now, we've made this a practice. We used to have a, a pastor would pray before the sermon. Now we have a pastor read the passage of scripture as well as pray before the sermon. And so, you know, something that we try to do is to to pray in response because you're teaching your people, you can teach your kids that, um, to pray those kinds of concerns just so that people are saying, oh, okay. And I, I saw a video recently uh, that Crossway put out from uh, which one of the Ortlands, I think it was Dane Ortland, uh, and he was talking about the spiritual exercise you could do for health, and it was to inhale and exhale, but it was to inhale scripture and exhale it in prayer, take it back to God in prayer. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good analogy and it's memorable. Um, and then more specifically than just the Bible, uh, and you mentioned Don Whitney earlier, you know, Don Whitney would approve this message, um, but use the Bible's prayers themselves. Like the Psalms are full of them. Uh, the New Testament has a number of prayers. So in the Old Testament too, you got Moses praying, uh, David praying, other places beside the Psalms. Uh, you've got a lot of prayers of Paul, prayers of Jesus, and so those are good places to learn how to pray. People inspired by the Holy Spirit pouring out their heart to God. And so that tells us this is what God cares about. These are the things that God delights to do. And so we can we can do that for ourselves, and as we help our own children or children and teenagers that we're ministering to. Um, and even if, Hey, if they memorize the passage and prayed, prayed it sincerely, um, that, that would be a good thing. And then other, to use other godly biblical prayers. I mean, I think that's okay to give, it gives people some guide rails. Um, and, and I, in that video I mentioned about Dane, uh, or Gavin Ortland, uh, whichever Ortland brother it was, they he made the comment that you know sometimes you may have a desire to pray, but if it's not informed by the things that God has said that are important to Him, you may just be all over the place and yeah. just you know. And, and I've seen that, um, and I'm sure I've experienced it as well uh, in my own life. Um, and I think you know you were talking about sometimes writing out prayers for yourself. You know. I, if it's a scheduled thing, and you're especially you're trying to help a younger person to do that, uh, that hey, like you're going to pray at see you at the poll. We just had that last week, or some other thing. Prepare, even if you just give yourself an outline, or even write it out. Like that, that is not an ungodly thing. Um, now, I know you were a part of a church very early on in your Christian life that like preparation was sort of looked down on. You just sort of go out there and open the Bible and unleash the Holy Spirit. Um, I think we would both agree that that's not. <laughs> that's not really what the Lord calls us. No, to. no. So yeah, I mean, it, scheduling, if it's scheduled, prepare, write it out. I think that can be, the Holy Spirit can work in that moment. Like you said, you can pray twice. And yes. <laughs> uh, so I like that. Uh, I, and here's another thing, using a mnemonic devices like ACTS, or that's uh, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication, or asking mm-hmm. uh, as a way to help kids or teenagers just to move through. Or th- another one is pray. Uh, I've used the ACTS. I've not really used pray, but it's similar. It's praise, repent, ask, and yield. Um, and I think those are both pretty biblical ways to teach people to do it. Um, and I'll just, I mean, pray about your praying. Ask God to give you boldness. Uh, to be concerned that you would please him, pray for things that please him, and that it would build others up. And I, I think God, that's a prayer that God's going to be happy to to bring about and to answer in your life. So, Amen. It's good work. <clears throat> yeah, thanks, Tony, for thinking about this with me. And um, 
yeah, maybe one of these days I'll get around to checking out Valley Vision. <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother. Maybe take one care. of our listeners can fix that. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Take care. You too. God bless. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Theological Family Ministry Podcast. If you have enjoyed this episode, please give us a review on iTunes and share the podcast with your friends on social media. All new episodes are available to listen to on Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, Spreaker, and iTunes. We hope you have a great week, and join us again every first and third Thursday.